0: This is IAQ Radio, Indoor Air Quality Radio, the voice of the indoor air quality industry. With your host, Radio Joe Hughes, and the Z-Man, Cliff Zlotnick. And now, Radio Joe Hughes.
1: Good day and welcome to IAQ Radio Plus, Episode 713. This week, we welcome Jim Rosenthal. We're going to talk about air cleaners filtration and the popular Corsi Rosenthal box. Before we get started, let's thank our sponsors. They're the reason we can continue doing the show. And after the show, don't forget about afterthoughts.iaqradio.com, sponsored by First On Site. IAQ Radio Plus Marquee sponsor is First On Site Property Restoration at firstonsite.com. IAQ Radio Association sponsors are ACGIH, the American Conference of Governmental Industrial Hygienists at ACGIH.org. AIHA, the American Industrial Hygiene Association, at AIHA.org. IICRC, the Institute for Inspection, Cleaning, and Restoration Certification, at IICRC.org. The Restoration Industry Association, RIA, at RestorationIndustry.org the Environmental Information Association, EIA at EIA-USA.org. IAQ Radio Industry sponsors are Particles Plus at ParticlesPlus.com, TSI Inc at TSI.com, Tramex Meters at TramexMeters.com, and Healthy Indoors Magazine at HealthyIndoors.com.
0: And now you can win a cool prize. It's time for the IAQ Radio Trivia Question. Be the first to correctly answer. Simply email your answer to C Zlotnik at cs.com. Or if listening live, just text your answer from your computer. And now, here's the Z-Man. Hello, everyone. I'm sorry to report that no one correctly identified Samuel Johnson as the off- author of the quotation. Great works are performed not by strength, but by perseverance. Here's today's IAQ radio trivia question. Name the standard developed by AHAM, which is the Association of Home Appliance Manufacturers, in the 1980s to measure
1: the performance of air, purific- air, I'm sorry, of air purifying devices. Back to you, Joe. All right. Jim Rosenthal, he's the chairman and chief executive officer of Tex Air Filters. He is also a past president of the National Air Filtration Association and a past president of the Asthma and Allergy Foundation of America, Texas chapter. He is the Rosenthal in the Corsi-Rosenthal box, a hugely popular do-it-yourself air filter. Welcome to IAQ Radio, Jim.
2: Thank you, Joe. Appreciate you putting me on the show. Um, Looking forward to this session. I think we're going to have some fun.
1: I agree. Hey, first, let's, let's let our audience get a little bit of your background. How did you end up being the chair and chief executive officer of Texair Filters?
2: Well, um, I always wanted to own my own company. Uh, I worked for other people for started my career in 1972, um, up until 1994. And I left the company and um, had a little bit of severance to work with and use that time to uh, developed my own company uh, in 1997. Uh, we started with some retail stores selling allergen avoidance products. Uh, those stores were called Allergy Air and More. We had a website, still have it, allergyclean.com. Uh, we expanded the stores. Um, we also bought a little air filter company called AA Text Air Filter Manufacturing. Had 12 employees. Um, got our store chain up to five and realized that was not going to work um so we did a pivot as many businesses do and we decided to go pretty much all out in the air filter business so since about 1999 uh, we have been an air filter company Um, we have a factory in fort worth um, five offices and distribution warehouses throughout the state of texas Um, and um, business is good we've been growing substantially and um and i have some some free time to do things like um play with the Corsi Rosenthal box
1: so <laughs> well how how big of a an increase in business i mean was covid being in the you know uh, in the news as much as it was the pandemic and all we had heard that you know a lot of indoor air quality people got busy because of covid what about the filtration manufacturing world did did you guys get a big jump in orders when covid came along
2: yeah it definitely had a positive effect um and and um what happened was that uh, obviously um everything everything was shutting down for the pandemic um our our customers many of our customers have uh have um, uh technicians that are out working they couldn't stop working they needed the filters so we felt we felt like we had to stay open, so we stayed open. Um, and and one of the things we did was that we started making masks. We had Merv thirteen media and and we got a couple of ladies and set them down on some some sewing machines. This was 2020, and masks were very hard to come by. And we made 25,000 masks and gave them away. Mm-hmm. Um, and how did it affect business? Business uh, definitely went up. Um, I remember getting a call um actually from people out at University of California Berkeley and they were working with the Department of Defense and they said um we we just got a recommendation from ASHRAE that we need to go to MERV 13 filters what do you think and I said um that's a problem um because right now um at that time that was about five percent of the market MERV 13 filters and if you, if you started going through that recommendation, it's going to move it up to about 40% of the market. So for mm-hmm. the next two and a half years, everybody in the filter business had a real battle to come up with the necessary materials to make those filters. But how, did, how did it affect us? I mean, it definitely, it definitely increased business. Um, we had, we had some really good growth years during the pandemic Um and, and, we we did a really good job. We had great great suppliers and we did a good job of getting the uh getting the filters to our customers. So that helped us as well.
1: Yeah. I, that, I've always wondered about that, like MERV 13. It's it seems like that's kind of the sweet spot. Um that uh are they as effective as people think? Um what are some of the key things people have to know with respect to how they're used if if you're going to get that type of efficiency from them?
2: Um, there, there, there was a good study done by Brent Stevens about six or seven years ago. He, he analyzed filters for, for virus removal using the Wells-Riley equation and, uh, and found that, that MRF-13 is pretty much the cutoff for a substantial increase in removal. Um, and, and that that's pretty much was one of the reasons why we focused on that. Um, plus, it, plus the technology was available for uh, pleated filters, which constitutes the majority of filters sold in the United States, like, majority sold in North America.
1: And and uh, pleated filters are more efficient because of the surface area. Is that accurate to say? Uh,
2: yeah, the, the um, it's the surf the surface area uh, gives you more media that the extra media um gives you better airflow less resistance and it increase it allows you to have higher efficiency of the media itself also increases the media to a certain extent because you you slow down what's called the media velocity the more media you have in a pleated filter the more you are able to decrease the media velocity and you have some increase in efficiency
1: Interesting. All right, let's let's talk a little bit about how air cleaners. Uh, you know, now instead of just filters, let's talk about air cleaners. Uh, Cliff had a good trivia question about the CADR, but I wonder if you could talk to listeners a little bit about how air cleaners are tested.
2: Well, there's a there's an organization called the uh, it's Aham, the Association of Home Appliance um, Manufacturers. Manufacturers, yeah. Thank you. I always forget that. Um,
0: Appliance and, there, and,
2: there, and there is a prescribed procedure for coming up with what's called the clean air delivery rate. Um, and, and you it are commonly referred to as CADR. And, and there are three numbers that you come up with. Uh, it varies depending upon particle size. But those are smoke, dust, and pollen. Um, and the advantage of having a, a, a standard test is that gives you the opportunity to compare one one air cleaner versus another. Um, it's not just the filter. as we'll talk about, um, the airflow is extremely important as well and and CADR gives you a measurement of the overall performance of, of the air cleaner
1: what are what are the other um, factors beyond filtration that are important in air cleaners?
2: So, this corsi Rosenthal box thing um what we found out we have we have the greatest laboratory in the world because there are probably two hundred thousand of these things that have been built around the world um, wow. and we get we've we've got continuous feedback um and the most important things are obviously particle removal um but Close close to that uh is noise level. Um what we found, and people who make uh have air cleaners as well have found is that uh noise is a is a consideration. Um I don't, it doesn't bother me, it doesn't bother my wife. We we've been running air cleaners in our house, in the bedrooms for 20 years. And and you know, it's just background noise, it's neutral noise. But it bothers some people, and then in classrooms it is a major consideration. So noise is something to consider, uh, and then um, also the footprint, um, the, how, how big the air cleaner is, how much room it takes up. Because if you're putting a couple of these in a classroom, um, you know, spaces is at a premium. So it, it's how big of an area that it takes up. Uh, and then my one of my major points is that it can't add anything to the environment. It can't add anything to the indoor environment. Uh, great great air cleaners are pretty simple. They're a fan and a filter, and they will do an excellent job of removing particles from the air. I don't think there's any really good scientific evidence supporting uh, additive air cleaners uh, because of the indoor air chemistry that's possible that happens when you when you change the the um, structure of the indoor
1: air. Now, I've been curious. A lot of manufacturers, maybe not a lot, but some manufacturers add devices to kill bioaerosols that have already been captured on a filter. Right. Does the do captured filters es- captured fibers escape from filters?
2: Uh, do, do the viruses escape from filters? Um, yeah,
1: par- particles, uh, I guess, in general. Yeah,
2: and it, it's theoretically possible. It, is it, does it happen? Um, not that we're aware of. Um, and and uh, since the start of the pandemic, there have been researchers working with uh, what they call forensic analysis of filters. They've been trying to come up with any viable Virus on a on a filter. So far, nobody's been able to do it. Zero. Hmm. Um, so it's okay to kill it, but it's already dead. Um, you know, a virus needs uh, it needs a, a shell, if you will that has that has moisture in it, protein and moisture, uh, or it can't exist. And, and so, um, when the air is passing over that filter at uh, five hundred feet feet a minute, there's very little moisture. Almost instantaneously, I mean the moisture evaporates very quickly, so what's there is there and lindsay mar lindsay marr dr lindsay marr had had a comment and said yeah that 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 filter media is is dangerous if you if you cut it up and put it on your rubbed it all over your face, you might get a virus <laughs> so um, you know it's a joke, but it but that's pretty much what what we have found is that the killing the virus on a filter is killing something that's already dead.
1: And I just want to make sure I get through all these background before we get into the to the Corsi-Rosenthal box itself. But one is, what what's new in filter technology? I see a lot of electrically charged filters these days. Can you tell us the pros and cons on that? And if there's anything else new in filter technology?
2: yeah the electroret filters um they really go back about 20 years i mean they're not they're not necessarily new um but but um the the big thing um with with media is the the advantages um it gives you better airflow and and higher efficiency on small particles that's what we'll be, ta- we'll be talking about quite a bit it's very important the higher efficiency on the small particles Um, And then um, the disadvantage is that some electric media will decrease in efficiency in use. uh, And that is a consideration, definitely a consideration. Uh, And what what we have found is that uh, it's a lot less of a problem than people uh, talk about it being.
0: Cliff? Did you want to add something? Or, yeah, or... actually, actually, uh, we we, got, we had a text question. Um, okay. Let's see. The text question was, Jim wrote an excellent article about how particulate levels could rival those from a HEPA filter with lower MERV ratings 11 or 13 uh, with or by increasing air change rates across the filter relative to that principle being coupled to an HVAC system providing four to five air changes uh, per hour across the filter, I have a question: Is there any literature to answer the question of whether or not individual return intakes, as in each room, provides more reduction in particle reduction versus one or two central return inlets?
2: Um, I'm not aware of any. Um, the problem with with putting uh, filters on the on the return vents um, is that. You're you're increasing the, the pressure drop, uh, and and my experience is that most residential systems do not allow enough return air. Um, that they, they, they've not they've not made the return air grills big enough, the, the system big enough at the unit, uh, and you and you really don't have a lot of extra uh, pressure drop to play with. So you, you probably could have some increase, um, and it would be theoretical. Um, but I, I really think it's a mistake to put the filters at the grill rather than at the unit itself. They're still going through the unit, still going through the filters at the unit. So I think you'd be better off um, just just keeping your system running, and uh, and then uh, using good filters at the at the unit. Thank you. That'd be my right.
1: advice. Let's, let's talk a little more about the Corsi-Rosenthal box. And, and while we're doing that, we can get into some of these other, you know, technical areas along uh, about filtration. But yeah. uh, and, and while you're kind of giving the story of how this began, we're going to play in the background uh, a little video that Jim sent us that shows how many of these things and how many different <laughs> variations and, uh, all over the world where they're coming from. But Jim, tell us a little bit about how this story started.
2: Okay. It started, um, I got a call from a reporter from Wired Magazine. Uh, they asked me to to talk about or to find out whether or not a uh, filter on a fan worked. Uh, I said, I don't know. I've heard about it. So I decided that I would, um, I, I would use, the filters that I had in my factory and go out and buy a fan, um, did a did study on it. They wrote an article and it said, does this janky air cleaner work? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it does, it did. Um, but Rich Corsi <laughs> was also interviewed for that article and he, and he put forth a hypothesis that he had about using multiple, multiple filters in a box and and saying that it would decrease the pressure drop by having multiple filters Um, and i thought man that's a great idea the very next day i made one i called it the corsi box Uh, and and uh, and then don milton dr don milton from the university of maryland uh, saw it and he recommended this to be used for the vice presidential debate was picked up by the New York Times uh, and, and um, it was called the Corsi box and Dr. Corsi read the article and he said, it's not the Corsi box. I didn't make it. Rosenthal made it. <laughs> and so, and so uh, Dr. Milton looks at that comment and he says, okay, it's the Corsi Rosenthal box. And so that's how the name came about. Um, and, 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 well the thing that we decided to do from the start, which is probably the best decision we ever made, was we made it open source. uh I probably have had oh at least a hundred, maybe two hundred people come up to me and say, "Why didn't you patent this um and And the answer is uh number one, it wasn't the right thing to do, but number two, if we would have patented it, it would have been a product that maybe had you know we sold a few hundred of them and and tried to work about work on distribution and I don't think it would have ever been anything. But by making it open source, easy to do, very effective, and everybody accepted this as their project. Um, We've had people all over the world actively coming up with variations of the Corsi-Rosenthal box, uh, making much better um, air cleaners than Dr. Corsi or I ever could have made. Uh, and, And it just shows that We're smarter as a group than we are individually, Um, and the group has been fantastic. Um, So I I think the decision to make it open source was the key, and still open source. Nobody's making money on it. it. It is there for the benefit of people to have cleaner, safer indoor air.
1: And now you've got the Corsi-Rosenthal Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to providing cleaner and safer indoor air for all. Tell us a little more about the foundation, Jim. Um,
2: About six months ago, we decided that uh, we needed to have a means to keep the momentum going uh, on the Corsi-Rosenthal box concept. Uh, And from the start, our objective was to make an air cleaner that was available to everybody, make it work and make it inexpensive, make it available to everybody. So the the, the focus of the foundation, it is a nonprofit. Uh, the idea is to have come up with ways that we can provide cleaner, safer air for all. Um, so we're working with school districts, uh, working with churches, homeless shelters, uh, other organizations where uh, clean air could make a big difference. And, and the idea is to be able to enable people to to do it on their own, to build them, to create them, uh, to continue this open source idea, um, but provide some incentive to do that uh, through funding for filters and, and fans and other things that are needed. Uh, the school program uh, is actually a curriculum that's been developed. So t- training people on indoor air um, and the the benefits of indoor air, uh, and then also um, how to organize. You, know, you do one of these builds and you make twenty corsi Rosenthal boxes, and it's a bunch of fifth graders. How do you organize people to make to make Rosenthal boxes? I mean it's a it's a tremendous learning experience. So we're trying to replicate that. There have been a number of people around the world that have done this successfully, everywhere from South America to the Philippines to um Fort Worth, Texas, to San Diego. I mean it list goes on and on. Um and and um we, we know it works, um and we know it can be successful and the idea of the foundation is to just further that success.
1: You know, Jim, it's, it seems to me this is kind of a fundamental change in air cleaner design. Have you seen any air cleaner manufacturers trying to implement some of the uh, key changes that you've made here, the box design, bringing in air from four different ways? Have you seen anybody trying to kind of replicate that in the manufacturing world? Oh,
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've seen a couple come out that uh, that actually have four filters in a box with the with the uh, flow coming out the top. Uh, some of the a couple of the major filter air cleaner manufacturers. There's one that um, that's they're touting as just revolutionary. That basically it's a fan sitting on top of a of a cylindrical filter, um, and and guess what? It works. You know, <laughs> just, to, just as these were, for exactly the same concept.
1: So Now, are they, are they using a, the MERV-13s or are they using a HEPA filter?
2: Uh, I think they're using HEPA filters of, of various qualities. Um, could I go to a couple of slides? I'd like to explain some of them. Um, Let's go to number three, if we can. I've numbered these slides and um, give me a chance to talk about some of this stuff and answer some more questions um, one of the questions that we've had um, is well first of all these are these are filters that have been in use in um, in our factory and offices um, and they're new two months old four months old six months old and ten months old I uh, would like to point out that all of these have this shroud that goes around the top and and this is something that I I, I just you have to realize I'm I'm kind of a piddler, and I, I test everything and try everything. And I was I was using a anemometer testing the flow out of a, one of the boxes that was the early boxes, and I was finding actually negative flow in the corners, not just slowing down, but negative flow. Um, so I started playing with it and realized that if I built a shroud uh, around to to cover up the corners. That it have pretty much hundred percent positive flow um and there have been some studies of of this and maximizing the size of the shroud for different fans and so on, but they're finding that it increases the performance thirty to forty percent hmm. to have this shroud on the top, so everyone that I make has a shroud and it and it definitely uh increases performance. but the question is what how long do these filters last? Um, these are electrode filters. We know that they, that the, the, the rumor is that they decrease in efficiency over time. How much is that? Um, so we tested these new two months, four months, six months, and 10 month filters. Go to slide number four, if you would. So here's the, here, here is the issue that two, two issues. Number one, um, all of these lines are pretty close together whether it's two months, new two months, four months, six months, or 10 months, they're all pretty close together. There's, there's some drop in efficiency, but it's relatively minor. These are filters that are used 24 seven. I don't turn them off. Use them 24 seven. It's in offices, uh, in, in a break room that are attached to a factory that manufactures their filters. So it's not the cleanest environment in the world, but, but, uh, they basically, um, uh, continue to perform as MERV-13 filters um, throughout their life, at least up to six months. The MERV, the the, the one at 10 months, um, that works out to be about a MERV-11. So even that is a very high performance filter. But what I'd like to also point out is that on the bottom, you'll see the scale uh, as 0.3 microns to 10 microns. And, and 0.3 microns, these filters are only pulling out between 40 and 55%. Uh, at 0.5 microns, it's 40 and maybe 62%. Um, and as we'll see, that, that's not what happens when these filters are in use, uh, in, in a Corsi Rosenthal box. Um, so it only, only in the higher, um, Micron numbers: the the five and ten are we close to a hundred percent? So here's a here's a corsi Rosenthal box with MERV thirteen filters, and we compare it to uh, let's go to slide number five. Okay, we compare it to a HEPA filter. HEPA filter is ninety nine point nine seven percent effective efficient on particles. Um, the low, that's the lowest efficiency, is at 0.3, and, and it's 99.97% effective. And if you look on the right, those are the HEP, those are HEPA filters. On the left, on the left side, those are Corsi Rosenthal boxes. It's blowing <laughs> them away, and the and the sizes. These are all sizes under one micron. Every one of these sizes is under one micron. Um, so we saw we we saw what the efficiency was from our 13 filters under one micron. It's you know, it's 40 to 65% or so, uh, but it beats a HEPA filter at 99.97% effective or efficient. <clears throat> How does it do that? Well, th- what we found out is that it's not just the filter. It's not just filter efficiency. It is It is filter plus fit. It's got to fit into the system properly. When you use duct tape, it's not real hard to get good fit, but have mm-hmm. uh, yeah, a cleaner. That's very important. And then it's flow. The higher flow is part of the equation. And and it's this is my mission in life, I think, is to try to explain to people that when you, when you have air cleaning and when your concern is the cleanliness of the air in the room, it doesn't matter what the efficiency of the filter is end of the day, you want to remove particles in the room and you have to have flow. You have to move the air to clean the air. That's, that's the, that's the critical element, move the air to clean the air. So it's filter plus fit plus flow. And that's, and that's why these things outperform. And this is not just, you know, I've done experiments where I've done them with a Merv 11, of course Rosenthal box and it outperformed a thousand dollar HEPA filter. Um, uh, and it's not just me that has this. I mean, there have been, there have been somewhere between 12 and 14 peer-reviewed papers that have been written. Uh, everybody from the, uh, people at UC Davis, where Dr. Corsi is the Dean of Engineering, to, um, to University of Connecticut, to, um, EPA, to NIOSH slash, um, CDC, uh, and they find exactly the same thing. These Corsi Rosenthal boxes with MERV 13 filters consistently outperform HEPA filters. So, Absolutely. and it's not again, it's not just Jim Rosenthal sitting here with his particle counters. I mean, it's it is these are these are peer-reviewed um, expert papers done by top-notch engineers and scientists.
1: Jim, we've got to go to halftime and thank our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to go back to these slides and finish this discussion. We'll be right back with Jim Rowe with Rosenthal, Chairman and Chief Executive Officer of Texair Filters on the Corsi-Rosenthal box. Our marquee sponsor is First On site. your trusted full-service disaster recovery and property restoration company at FirstOnSite.com. Association sponsors are ACGIH, advancing careers of professionals in environmental health, industrial hygiene, and safety interested in defining their science. ACGIH.org. AIHA, healthy workplaces, a healthier world. AIHA.org. The Environmental Information Association, EIA's multidisciplinary membership, Collects, generates, and disseminates information concerning environmental and occupational health hazards in the built environment at eia-usa.org. The IICRC, a nonprofit standards development and certifying body for the cleaning and restoration industry, IICRC.org. The Restoration Industry Association, the oldest and largest nonprofit professional trade association dedicated to providing leadership and promoting best practices through advocacy, standards, and professional qualifications for the restoration industry at restorationindustry.org. Industry sponsors are Particles Plus, feature-rich particle counters and air quality instrumentation. Count on us, particlesplus.com. TSI Inc., an industry leader in precision instrumentation for monitoring indoor air. Learn how to expand your IAQ investigations, TSI.com. Tramex Meters, developing modern dynamic moisture meters and humidity monitoring systems since 1974. TramexMeters.com. And Healthy Indoors Magazine, a free online magazine for industry professionals and consumers. HealthyIndoors.com. All right, we're back for the second half of our interview with Jim Rosenthal. Jim, the first time I saw a similar product was at our Healthy Buildings Conference, I want to say back in, like, 2018, and I noticed Linda Wigington's on here, and um, she was the first one that showed us. She ran the Roxas Reducing Outdoor Contaminants and Indoor Spaces program, and they were using it... uh, Primarily, I think, to reduce outdoor contaminants. So if someone had to open a window to get air in, they may not have air conditioning, whatever the case may be. And they're in the Pittsburgh area, which has high outdoor air pollution, unfortunately. Um, They were putting filters on the front of the fan. And you've made uh, a change in that and and, and built these boxes, you and others. I'm wondering what um, what other advances have been made in the design? um there have been
2: a lot um everything from using uh true hePA filters um to uh, different types of fans um, the United States is relatively unique in the the fact that we have pleated filters um they're not avail- readily available in europe they're not readily available in asia um south america we have we have a our market is eighty to ninety percent pleated filters, and that's the exception. So the people in other areas of the world had to come up with new ways of doing it, other ways of doing it, um, and they were really successful. A lot of those, a lot of those pictures we saw in that little video, uh, they came from Asia and and uh, Philippines and uh, and you uh, know the UK. Um, and in fact, there is a there is a Rosenthal Foundation uk that is an active group really great people uh they do they do an excellent job um but that gives you an idea of the the penetration of this concept in 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 europe i think one of the most interesting things that's happened um is the use of pc fans instead of using a box fan um and the real some real advantages of pc fans well one is they have a lower noise um instead of running a Fifty decibels or fifty-two decibels—they're running at forty or less, uh, and you, bar- you can barely barely see them, bar- barely hear them. Let's go to um, number six, if you would. Okay. Yeah. So, so here we have—we um, we did some testing um, to, to figure out how these PC fans um, compare to box fans. They're—they're um, they're quiet. Um, They they do have good airflow um, um, and they use very little, very little electricity. Um, These six, these six fan units that are shown here, the two on the left, um, they use about 10 watts of electricity. You're you're using uh, the the box fan uses about 50 to 60 watts of electricity. Hmm. So much less use of electricity. So here's what we did. We, We built a little chamber. I actually used a vacant room. Uh, created particles in the room, and we compared the efficiency of a HEPA filter, which is the second one from the right, uh, box fan, of course, the Rosenthal box, which is the furthest from the right, a six fan version with two filters, which is the second from the left, and then a six fan version with four filters. And go to number seven, if you would. So, so what we did here is we, we, um, put particles in the room. We used uh, salt. We had, had a uh, humidifier with a salt solution, which is essentially the same thing that you use in the ASHRAE 52.2 test. Uh, and and then we we had an ambient or, or a control, uh, which is the normal decay, which is the top blue line. That's where you do nothing in the room over 20 minutes. That's what happens. And then we tested the various... Versions that I just showed you. What well, we found that the uh, was that the HEPA filter was the worst of the of the, all of the ones we tested. That the the uh, PC fan with two filters was the next, but then the the PC fan with with six six fans four filters was the same as the box fan on low. So to give you an idea, it, you know, does it work? Yes, it, it works. Uh, it, you don't feel the same flow, um, but, but at least in this test, it showed that they're they almost identical in terms of their performance. So I think that, you know, that gives you an idea of, of their effectiveness.
1: Uh, okay. You, you, you mentioned the amount of electric they use. I'm just curious, um, is that one PC fan filter versus a larger filter or uh, how, how do those numbers stack up when you start putting six of them in a box?
2: Six is total. Okay. That's a, to- that's a total electrical usage okay. uh, is is somewhere around 10 Watts. Um, so very, very, very low usage. Um, and, and I think we can talk about it a little bit later, but uh, I think there are some ways that, we can, we can utilize this low electrical usage to improve the performance of, uh, several types of, uh, air conditioning systems. So let's okay. go to the next, uh, let's go to number eight. Okay. Um, a lot of, a lot of people look at the performance of the, of the air cleaner and say, well, you, you you're really not, we don't really understand how this works. How can you have filter plus fit plus flow? Almost everybody measures particles coming out of a unit. They don't, they seldomly measure particles in a room or a chamber environment, a room environment. The one exception to that is in a clean room, where clean rooms are measured on the basis of the levels of particles in the room. They're not measured on the basis of what's coming out of the unit. Uh, They do use HEPA filters for clean rooms, but the way they achieve the really low particle levels is through uh, very high air changes per hour. Like an ISO seven air uh, clean room has, has a minimum of 60 air changes an hour. Now we're looking at, you know, indoor air. If we can get six to 12, we're pretty happy, very happy. We can get six to 12 air changes an hour with a clean room. They're doing 60 in order to get the levels that they need. So I decided, you know, multitasking it. I was thinking about this this morning. Why do I do all these tests? I do all these tests because every time uh, some, I get stressed out about something, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there at my desk. I'm going, wow, this is, this is bad or that's bad or we have to do this or somebody said this on Twitter or whatever. And I think whenever I get depressed, I make something. And then I measure it. So I'm I'm I got boxes all over the place that I've been making. And and it 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 makes me feel better. So why do you why do I do it? Because it makes me makes me feel better. So anyway, we get this idea of doing a doing a clean room. In a with using a Corsi Rosenthal box, and I'm gonna make my office a clean room. I'm sitting in my office, and if you're familiar with clean rooms, I mean they, they control the source, sources just hundred percent control of the sources. You gotta wear special gloves. You go into a chamber before you can go into the room. I mean, uh, pressure always has to be right. And here I am in my office, I've got gaps under the doors that are this high. Um, <laughs> I've got, I'm sitting in the office, nothing, no, no mask on, nothing. And I'm working and getting up and doing stuff. I put two of the boxes in the office, turn them on high and within 15 minutes, we achieved ISO-7 uh, class 10,000 levels of particles. Hmm. With, with You saw the efficiencies uh, and the, the MER-13 filters. They weren't, they weren't HEPA filters. They are MER-13 filters. And the interesting thing about this chart is shows the, the dr- dramatic drop in particles Interesting thing about this chart is a lot of people look at those numbers for for MERV 13 filters and they say, well, you get, you're getting 40% the first time. And if it recirculates, you get 40% the second time and you're going to get 40% the third time of that. You're still going to have all the particles, the smaller particles. That's not what happens. These particles are gone. They are, they are not in the room. They're gone. Um, So, the multiple passes, the higher flow dramatically increases performance and gives you, in this case, virtually clean room, uh, level particles.
1: So filter fit and flow, huh?
2: Filter fit and flow. <laughs> and, and, and <laughs> I got really that one written it, down. It, 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 it applies to, it applies to everything. I mean, you know, let, let's take it, let's take houses, uh, or offices. Um, you know, if, the, if the if the air conditioning or heating system is not working and you don't have it on on uh your fan on on you're getting no flow so what what does how how does a merv thirteen filter help at all it doesn't help so you have to have the flow that's the that's the critical thing you got to move particles to the filter to be able to decrease the particles in the air um and the other thing that a that a any air cleaner will do, but of course the Rosenthal box does it really well. Um, Once the particles are emitted, they're airborne. They are not going to go away uh, immediately. Um, So that means short range transmission, even with a, with a great air cleaners in the a in a room, if you're 24 inches away from somebody and they cough or they sneeze, there's a pretty good chance. You're going to get those particles, no matter how good your air cleaning is. But, but, in in a normal situation uh what you what you want you want you want to be able to distribute the particles, dilute the particles, and remove the particles we We knew through experience that the transmission rates in outdoor environments were very low. Why was that the case? exactly what we're talking about here diluting the particles into wide open space. Uh, distribute the particles. If it was a windy day, those particles are everywhere. Even though somebody could be relatively close to you that was had a disease, and then you're removing the particles. They're going away. Winds blowing away, uh, and and the particles move away in, in all in all three three directions. So, uh, it's really important to understand how air cleaners work effectively.
1: Jim, I've got one more question, then I want to let Cliff jump in here, because he's got a couple of okay. good questions for our restoration group. But sure. my question is, where should CR boxes be placed in a room? So I'm thinking of school districts, for instance, but it could be a conference room. It could be a meeting room of some type. It could be an office space. Where's the best location? Have you done much work on finding that?
2: Yeah, uh, basically anywhere. About three three feet away from a wall, you can put it in a corner, three feet away from the wall. And yeah, I have done testing on it, and uh, I've, I've tested um, relatively large room, about the same size as the classroom. Put it three feet away from the wall, had them for r- running for an hour, did particle counts in all f- four corners, and the particle counts were within five percent of the of the particle counts near the box. Uh, so so. What that means is that it's distributing the air and and clean air moves out just like dirty air. You know, we, we, we think, you know, you have smoke in a room, it, it fills everything up eventually. Uh, and it's the same thing with clean air. It's going to, it's going to move out as well. So, um, you, you, you need to have the enough flow and enough air changed an hour, but essentially anywhere in the room, um, where you have, good flow into all four sides of the filter of the system is going to be okay.
1: And in a, in a typical school room, you know, 600 to a thousand square feet, um, how many boxes is it going to take? And is this on low, medium or high?
2: Yeah. And, and those are, those are the questions. I mean, how many people in the room? I mean, that, that's, a as we saw in ASHRAE 241, they're basing all of their performance numbers on the number of people in the room, uh, how many CFM of air that you need. Um, so it's it's hard to say just, uh, you know say, you, you absolutely need this or that. Depends upon the conditions, what speed you're gonna run it at. Uh, generally, what we found is two air cleaners in a classroom uh, running on low is gonna be sufficient. Uh, if it's a larger classroom, like a thousand square feet, you're gonna need three. Um, that's going to give you somewhere around five to six air changes an hour. That's that's a rule of thumb. I mean, I, there are all kinds of other variables that can be thrown into that. Most yeah. important thing is to keep ahead. them on, keep, yeah. keep the air cleaners on, running. Uh, so often, people, even in my own building, I put, put them in the break room. I go in there, and, and every other week I have to turn it back on again because somebody's decided that. They don't want to have it going, and and that's one of the advantages of these PC fan uh, air cleaners is that there's no noise, very little, very little electrical usage, very low noise. As I've explained to you guys, I have one running with six fans six feet away from me right now, and you can't hear it. Um, and the idea is you just leave it on, just leave, let it go, twenty four seven, and and. That is going to dramatically increase compliance. People more people are going to be using them because of the lower noise factor.
1: Lift, let me let you jump in here just in case we didn't get to some of the questions you want. We'll go to round up in a minute. Yeah, I've
0: got um I've got a couple actually. Okay. Um I, I guess the first one uh, dealt with uh we had the East Palestine train wreck occurred about 30 miles away from Pittsburgh. And we had calls from consumers seeking advice. And um, have you given any consideration to adding absorption capability to your devices? And if so, how would you do it? And uh, is there anything that you would suggest, you know, if you were receiving those calls, uh, what you would advise people to do?
2: Um, uh, yeah, we, we've done some research into it. Um, if we go to slide number nine, uh, we've actually made boxes using, uh, carbon pleated media, carbon pleated filters. Um, and, and, um, here's one right here. Um, they work, they work well. Uh, it depends upon the chemical though. Um, carbon is a, it, is a, it adsorbs but it likes some chemicals better than others. Um, so some chemicals, it's not going to be able to pull out. You'd have to really know and look at the type of carbon and and then have some idea of how the efficiency is. So I, I couldn't really tell you off the top of my head whether or not it would be effective on that, on that particular mixture. But generally, it's going to work. Um, the problem that you have is that uh, carbon loads up. It's not like a filter that loads up and just keeps getting more efficient or right. working, it continues to work at a high level. Um, so, so, you know, you don't have enough carbon. Um, I, I, I've looked at the idea of using one of the panels as a granular carbon tray, right? Where you're using uh, granular carbon. Right. Um, and and I think that probably has the best potential. Three three of the panels, two or three of the panels would be um, for, for airflow and particle removal. And then uh, one or two of the panels could be a granular tray. And I think that that probably could work and it would give you a longer life. The problem is um, smoke is the same way. It doesn't last very long because there's not enough carbon to be able to absorb a, a lot of the chemicals that are in the air.
0: Okay. Um, I guess next question, uh, we, we get a lot is wildfires. Right. And uh, could these device certainly these devices would be effective uh, in a wildfire. Yeah. S- same issue. So they would remove the particles very, very effectively, right. uh, are not going to be real effective on removing the odor. However, it would seem to me that uh East Palestine uh probably had a greater odor problem than uh people would have had uh right. you know following uh, wildfires. I guess the third one is you want um, me to answer that one or yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Ahead.
2: Okay. So uh so the EPA did a really nice study on on um, efficiency of air cleaners on wildfire smoke.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh and they found that the Corsi Rosenthal box did an extraordinarily good job, better than anything else um and and then they they also found that it decreased in efficiency over time uh and there have been some articles written about that saying that the electrite filter uh, was destroyed by the wildfire smoke you have to realize that the level of smoke in the chamber when they were doing these tests was from a fire they literally created a small fire in the room had a huge amount of smoke uh, and, and yes, there was a decrease in efficiency of the electrode filters, but by the same token, um, we, we've, we change filters in schools all the time where there's a fire in the laboratory or the chem chemistry laboratory. Mm-hmm. You, you have to change every filter because every filter smells, they, they, they emit odors because they've captured odors. They're not as good as carbon at capturing odors, but they are capturing odors. And I would say that every filter that was used in that chamber needed to be replaced. So, so yes, you can decrease, you definitely can re- reduce decrease particles, huge amount of decrease in particles, highly recommended, close the windows, close the doors, put it, use an air cleaner, reduce the particles and then do, and then uh if you, if you can get some carbon on it, it's going to help on the, on the odor part, but then you need to get rid of the filters. Um, So even if, you know, like in school districts, they'll have these, they'll have the filters in there during wildfire season. Um, They need to take them out, even if there's some life left in it, because what's happened is you've captured the chemicals in the media, and that as the as the air goes over those filters, it's releasing those chemicals back into the air and into the breathing zone of the people inside the school or whatever. So, so yeah, I mean it's. Um, it's it's a good way to protect against wildfire smoke, but you have to be cognizant of the fact that you often have to re- replace the filters depending upon the exposure level.
0: Okay. Last question. Um, you know, it's kind of a scary question, but you know, what would happen or do you think uh, these uh, uh, CR boxes would provide protection in the event of a dirty nuclear bomb or, or bioterrorism.
2: Um, you know, there was a study done on this 15 years ago or something, and they found that that um, these these bioterrorism um it's particles. The filter doesn't care what particles they are. I mean, it, it's going to pick pick up a pretty high percentage of the particles that are in the air, no matter what the source, whether it's a bioterrorism device or it's a Wildfire, or it's you're your breathing of COVID in the air. I mean, it's that's it doesn't care. In fact, one of the things that we found out was that uh, the University Brown University did a study. and They found that corsi Rosenthal boxes reduced PFAS and phthalates by 40 to 60 percent in the environment in the in where it was tested. These are these are SVOCs. How how cool. is that possible? The way it's possible is that the those chemicals that are known dangerous pollutants attach to particles and the particles are captured in the in the fibers of the filter. That's how it's possible.
1: Let's go to the roundup. <laughs> The Roundup is brought to us by Tramex Meters today, and uh, by the way, next week we'll have Jim Stanley on from Tramex Meters and maybe a few of the other moisture monitoring experts from Tramex. Looking forward to that. Real quick, um, Jim, I wanted to mention that that Linda Wiggington. by the way, that was 2015. Thank you, John, um, (laughs) that, that I saw the... Linda demonstrate her uh filter with a fan with a filter on it. Uh, she said we were using fan filters both in windows and also with 4 inch MERV 13 filters as a fan filter in indoor spaces. In residential application we had excellent performance measured with the Dylos particle monitor but they do not recommend using anything other than the four inch filter in. It is a one-to-one fan filter. I'm not sure. I don't quite understand it, but does that make sense to you, Jim?
2: Yeah. He's, the, they're using a four inch filter on the box fan. And yeah. that was one of the first things I tested when, when the reporter from Wired called. I did a one inch, a two inch and a four inch and four inch is definitely better. I don't remember the exact numbers, but I think it was something like the four inch gave us like a flow of 460 uh, cubic feet per minute, and the uh, and the um, Percy Rosenthal box up to to about 580. So
1: we may run a little over here. Do you have to run? No, no. Okay.
2: I'm, hope you're enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. I'm,
1: I am. I'm to
2: talk, and I, I'm 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 a happy
1: man. I've got two more questions here that I want definitely want to get to. One is, um, oh, by the way, before we go to that, what's the price difference on a two inch and a four inch filter?
2: Uh, It's pretty substantial. I mean, um, it's a lot more media area. Um, So it's, um, it's more than twice. I think I'm not really sure. I don't really know off the top of my head, but it's, it's, it's definitely considerably more expensive.
1: And I'm curious how much has your um, have your orders changed over the last few years with respect to either you know a one-inch filter with a lower MERV rating versus the two inch filters with the high with the MERV thirteen? I assume you're selling more two inch with the MERV thirteen now, but you tell me. Um well we,
2: in, in in commercial. Uh, for a long time, uh, two-inch filter has been the predominant filter. Um, and in residential, one-inch filter has been predominant. What we are seeing is people moving to thicker filters. And that's my blanket recommendation for any consumer that's concerned about airflow in their system. Go to a four-inch filter. And that can be a four-inch, like commercial four-inch filter that's relatively inexpensive. Or you can go to the Honeywell or AirBear or any of these other deeper, thicker filters, they all give you much more surface area um, and and, uh, better performance. So we have seen an increase in those, not a lot of increase in residential and two inch.
1: And I, I probably, I, I I spend a lot of time these days in gyms, um, especially like wrestling and, and MMA gyms. And there's people close together and they, you know, they're a little tough one. I put a I put a CR box in one gym. It got pounded so bad I, I had to take it out. Um <laughs> it was bent up pretty good by the by the end of about a month. Um my thought was why wouldn't I take that and hang it from the ceiling with the fan pushing air down so that we captured air? And then also when we're in the heating season, we might, you know, bring a little more heat back down. Does that seem like a good idea to you? Is it something that's been tested?
2: Um, I've not tested it, but other people have done it. Um, I've I've seen things on Twitter where people have put them up high and um, trying to save some space on the ground. And um, you know, theoretically, it, it it's going to work because you're moving air in the space and and you're recirculating air in the space, and it's going to keep going going through the filters. Could we go to slide number um, slide number ten?
1: Sure,
2: John. I have a I have an interesting idea. So this is this is a this is a PC fan box that I made using um, these are these. If you see over on the left side on the bottom, these are panels that are they're modular uh, three fan panels, Uh, and it's the filters are sixteen by twenty. You literally. Um, build a box, 16 by 4, 16 by 20 filters. Stick those panels in, um, and plug it in. I mean, it's it's a 10 minute build, um, and and it, it has 300 cfm, uh, uses 10 watts of electricity. And when I saw this question that you sent to me, same question. Um, and I think something like this in a in an area where you have these mini splits that have the world's worst worst uh filters that are basically window screens yep. um, you could have these running ten watts of electricity, so you're still accomplishing the much lower energy usage, but you're dramatically increasing the, uh, the safety of the air inside the room where the mini split is being used um, so and I, and you could even you know, somebody smarter than I could figure this out, maybe have a duct going outside so that you, so that you're drawing air in so that you have ventilation air. Mm -hmm. We have have a mini split ventilation air and cleaning the air in the room. I mean, it, it seems like a wonderful combination. Of course, this would be up in the air as well, but by the, by the mini split, um, have it maybe even part of the unit or something. um, But it that the mini split system is a problem. Um, it's getting very poor filtration. Um, one of the questions we had was the fact that there might be a transfer going to the unit of of viral particles. Um, and one of the first studies done was done in China in a restaurant. You might remember this. And, and that, that system, very poor ventilation in the, in the restaurant. But that system was a mini split. So you had the return and the supply in the same unit. uh, And you basically had this path of return and supply going over the same, the same unit. Um, And, and if you had something like this, you're removing the particles, you're distributing the particles. um, And it would, it would really help the indoor environment uh, and, and make the mini split a much better, safer uh, product for indoor air quality.
1: You know, Jim, one of the um one of the pushbacks that people get when they go to schools and other places and talk about the Corsi Rosenthal box is the safety of, of putting a fan on top of a bunch of filters. Are we going to have a fire? Are we going to have this? We're gonna have that. I wonder if you could address that topic for a minute.
2: Sure. Um UL was was commissioned by the EPA to do a study. On exactly that point, because a lot of people were using a um, filter and a box fan for wildfire smoke. They did the study and they found that e- they checked, they checked a number of different fans, but e- and, and a number of different uh, resistance levels. Even totally covered, the the uh, the heat from the fan was still within UL limits. It still passed the UL test. So in essence, uh, that has been, that's been tested, uh, and is not, there, there's not been a problem. Also, any new fan has a, has a fuse in the plug. So if, if there were an issue, if, if, um, there was a short, um, that system's going down immediately because the fuse in the plug. So that's the reason why you use newer, newer fans. You don't want to take a fan that's been sitting in the garage for, for 20 years and, Make a Corsi Rosenthal box with it. Use a newer fan; it's a, it's much safer. So, so yeah, it's a, it's an issue, um, and and I think it's been addressed, but it comes up all the time. School districts ask the same, the same question. I will say, out of all the thousands of these that have been made, there is not one instance of there ever being a problem with overheating for the fan. Not one.
1: Which. It, 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 in your estimate how many of these do you think are out there now
2: um i think 200 to 250,000 um and that that takes in the whole world i mean and literally there it, it is it's worldwide um i remember one time i got a call from ashray brazil to do a talk for their annual meeting and i did a talk through zoom for the ashray brazil group and two people got up and said I just want to thank you for creating this because I've been using it in my home and it really works well. Um just in, unsolicited in, in out of that out of that group in Brazil. Um, so I, I think it, it's it's safe and it and it's being used worldwide and if you're using the certainly the box configuration there's very little strain on the on the uh on the motor. We we've done tests, we found that the that the pressure drop at the filter is about one-tenth of the pressure drop that you'd have with the same velocity in an HVAC system, one-tenth.
1: That's so, fascinating. Jim, be, before we go, two things. One, can you give us the website for the Corsi-Rosenthal Foundation?
2: Yes. Um, it's on one of those slides. I think it's um, number 10, Corsi-Rosenthal Foundation.org. There and it is. Of course, the uh, Any support, volunteers, monetary would be greatly appreciated. Uh, we have added a lot of really good uh, information on the website, directions on how to make them, uh, stories about people using them, uh, a lot of data of how effective they are. Uh, it's definitely worth going out to. Uh, Corsi Rosenthal Foundation dot org.
1: We'll make sure we get that in the blog and and make it prominent for people to uh, to look at. Jim, before we go, we always give you the last word. Is there anything we missed? I know you had some slides. I don't know if we missed one that you wanted to make sure we covered, or if there's any other question or comment you have before we go.
2: Um, no, I, I, I was going to talk about two forty one, but um, I'll probably leave that for other let me let me discuss two forty
1: one that was my last question I kind of didn't know whether you wanted to touch on it or not good
2: okay um it's it, it is really almost revolutionary in in two respects one it got passed really quickly I mean the standards in Ashray take years this was done in six months and my, my hat's off to Bill Bonflith and all the people on that committee It's just an unbelievable job mm-hmm. um, and and by and large, I think it's a great standard, and and it's something that can really help uh, controlling infectious aerosols. For some reason, they included uh, the uh, in the air filters that in order to get credit, you either, either had to have Appendix J or MERV A filters or ISO 16890. Neither one of these have been passed by the ASHRAE 52.2 committee and 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 there are reasons why they were not passed they have some serious flaws uh and and for some reason that was included uh i'm i'm working on trying to get that reversed uh and probably the biggest problem is um 80 to 90% of america is not going to be able to comply with the the filter requirements of ashrae 241 because there are no Pleated filters that are MERV 11 or MERV 13—they're not—they're not not available. We've been trying for 20 years to try to develop something that without electret that gives that same performance, but they're not available. So it's really strange to have a have a, a standard where most people cannot comply. Most most buildings cannot comply. And what worries me is that because you can't comply. Um, you're going to go with a, we're going to go with a filter that is much less efficient on those exact same particles that you're trying to remove the infectious aerosols. Uh, if you go to a MERV 8 mechanical filter, instead of a MERV 13 or a MERV 11 electrode filter, you're essentially letting all those particles remain in the air. They're very inefficient on the, on the small particles. Uh, 0.3 to one Um, they're, they're less than, less than 10% effective. Hmm. So you have somebody in California, uh, same thing with wildfire smoke. Somebody in California, wildfire, they have MERV MERV eight filters, mechanical filters in their system. All that wildfire smoke, the smallest particles, most dangerous particles are going in the, in the students' lungs. That's what, that's what worries me is that because, it, you cannot comply. Um, you go to a much less effective filter, and that causes some real problems.
1: Jim, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining us here. It's been a great show, and uh, also for all the, the great work you and Rich have done. And I know folks probably wonder why Rich wasn't here. Unfortunately, he couldn't make it. He had a, a rebound of COVID that uh, hasn't pretty Pretty banged up at the moment, but I know he would love to have been here, and I hope he's listening in and he gets well soon. This is Radio Joe Hughes saying thanks to this week's guest, Jim Rosenthal, executive officer of Texair Filters. also want to thank my co-host, the Z-Man, Cliff Zlotnick. John, you got to have faith that the controls, most importantly, are growing. Loyal audience and our sponsors. I also want to mention next week we've got Ryan Stanley, the head of Tramex Monitoring UK. We're going to do a deep dive into moisture monitoring, and I think we may also have uh, another Tramex person or two in that show. So come back and join us next Friday at noon for the next episode of IAQ Radio Plus.
0: Thanks, Joe. IAQ Radio. I'm Spike Reel, saying thanks for listening.